God damn it. Okay. Uh, hey guys, welcome to 12 Questions. Hey, this is Anna Valenzuela. I'm here with my co-host Dave Yates. Woo, woo, woo. Yay! I love it. And Dave, uh, do me a favor. Uh, go ahead and read that beautiful clarity statement for us. No problem. Here at 12 Questions Podcast, we believe growth and recovery isn't just for clean and sober people. Our mission is to share our experiences and growth by also interviewing guests who do the same. We are not affiliated with Alcoholics Anonymous, Narcotics Anonymous, or any other 12-step organization. 12 Questions Pod has absolutely no opinion on the use of alcohol or drugs by anyone. We are simply two people that happen to be in recovery that want to interview people about their own life experiences. Although some of our guests may be clean and sober some of them are not or choose not to divulge the purpose of this podcast is to learn more about ourselves we only hope that you can learn something about yourselves and each other by listening yay oh my gosh very excited about today's podcast and today's guest we always let people introduce themselves so they can like choose how they want to be introduced uh why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself is that because you can't pronounce my name I think that I think that's what happens because people see my name, Caleb, and they're like, oh. they get, sometimes people get a little psyched out. But yeah. Hey, it's Caleb Bacon live from Phoenix, Arizona, former uh, show business person. And I retired and moved to the desert. But I'm also a young person and I'm in recovery. Look at that. Ooh. Whoa. Whoa. Former show business person. That's really interesting. What happened? <laughs> that's a that's a separate podcast. Uh, <laughs> I just I just got sick of it. Like the life I thought I wanted for myself wasn't what I ultimately wanted. Wow. Yeah. And Caleb is a friend of mine. We've met uh, in the quarantine. Um, we have mutual friends that are also uh, in the entertainment business. And uh, Caleb is very modest about his history. In, in uh, TV writing, uh, he's written for such things as Sullivan and Son, Deadwood, uh, Luck on HBO, and it's always sunny in Philadelphia. So uh, so to, to walk away from the game, uh, I would say, takes a lot of courage and strength. So we're g- glad to have Caleb uh, on the podcast today. Well, thank you. Yeah, I'm, yes. I'm totally free because I'm not busy in show business. <laughs> I love it. And that really leads us into our first question. I'm very excited about this. Because it seems like you have a lot of experience with that, but like, how do you experience surrender in your life? Uh, di- I mean, look, surrender. There's there's little moments and there's big moments, and I and I feel like the little moments we don't really give too much credit to, mm-hmm. and that could be if uh okay, I was just at a restaurant with my dad. We had a little bit of brunch, and I had a choice between ordering something healthy or chicken and waffles and bacon. And so there was a moment of surrender that I did not have, and I got the chicken and waffles and bacon. <laughs> but when it comes... Oh, oh go ahead. I was just going to say, I don't think anybody could have chosen differently. <laughs> no, the people literally can. Like, that's the thing. People do eat healthy. And, like, that's something that would be, that would be good for me on a lot of levels. But uh, food, is, food is definitely something I... Uh, I have a problem with because I look for a lot of pleasure to come out of it. But when it comes to surrender with like the big stuff, I feel like I'm pretty good with that because I get to a point where it's just so obvious that 
it's almost like I don't have a choice. But that usually comes after a lot of pain. Is that what happened and, with the and, entertainment stuff? Yeah, yeah, totally. Absolutely. Um, I mean, some of that was internal, some of that was external. And like the external stuff was uh, having a kid and my wife at the time, we're not together. Uh, by the way, this is my first podcast since getting divorced. So Yay. yeah, this is a post post divorce cast. That's right. So it's it's special all around, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. I got divorced a year and a half ago. So I've been on a little pod hiatus. Yeah. Yeah. That's a lot. No worries. I, and uh, just just to get it on the record here, what uh, you said you're in recovery. What what is your what is your date? Your sobriety clean date? Oh, ten ten oh seven. Nice. 10, 10, yeah, but I was back in. Uh, my car is a 2007. It's an old car. <laughs> stop, stop calling me your car. <laughs> no, I got I got sober in the Bush administration, second Bush. <laughs> GW. Yeah, with GW. Yeah, Junior Bush, and uh, I have not had alcohol or drugs since. Wow. There you go. You must be very prepared for quarantine. Like when I'm in meetings now, and somebody is like, "I've got 20 days," I'm like, "Right now." <laughs> right. Yeah, I, I I can't imagine how you get sober right now. Yeah, I yeah too. And like in the quarantine, like I've been in meetings w- with the same with people counting days, and it, I mean it's a wonderful thing to see, uh, but also like this would be the perfect excuse for me. And it's like I would have money, and then so I'd be getting like the glass bottles of whiskey, and then eventually it would drop down <laughs> to the plastic handles, and then eventually the Carlo Rossi wine jugs. Uh, I would I would have I would have a, a fucking castle of 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 empties. I just need to be around people. Mm. I mean, yeah. not right now. Like I'm good now, but er, like early in sobriety, if you put me alone by myself, it just wasn't going to happen. Mm. I mean, I was going to hurt myself somehow. Right. Yeah. Yeah, that and, and that kind of leads to our second question. Like, what was the most insane moment either in or out of recovery for you? Uh, like, I met Tom Hanks once. Was that does that count? I mean, that's was an it, insane this, moment. Was this pre, yeah, no, yeah, it was Tom Hanks pre sobriety or post? Uh, it was pre sobriety. Yeah, no, it, <laughs> it has nothing to do with anything. I was just. <laughs> Just trying to think of a non sequitur. Um, I would say, though, in the spirit of this podcast, it was trying to kill myself after a Morrissey concert. Oh, I don't want to laugh, but no, that's you're the allowed most to. Emotion I've ever heard. Yeah, I know. <laughs> was it this? Was it this charming man that put you over the edge? It was a coincidence that it was a Morrissey concert. Because there are other times I've seen Morrissey and I did not try and kill myself. So it wasn't like, all right, this is happening because I finally saw him. No, it was, uh, I was, I was at my bottom and it coincided with me going to see a Morrissey concert. Wow. All right. Yeah. Wow. I think, I think it was a good show. What, did you end up in the hospital like 5150 after that? Um, so my suicide attempt was like half-assed. Um, it was like, it wasn't really planned out. It was, I, I was in such a world of like spiritual and mental anguish that I wanted my like physical being to experience some of that. And so I tried to take everything that I had, not necessarily a complimentary cocktail of things. And, you know, and I figured like, well, if I, if I pulled through, 
I guess that's okay, but if I don't, that's fine too. And I'd never, never been at that place and ended up coming to with a coworker of mine who'd been sent to come find me. And I was naked and I think that was awkward for him. I mean, not to mention my apartment looked like a crime scene, but just, just, the, you know, guy, 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 coworkers being naked around each other. Like this was pre me too, but I think that was technically like a, like a me too thing. Um, I mean, I, like I joke about it cause I, it's so absurd compared to where my life is now, but yeah, I mean, it's, it was very real. I mean, I was, I was okay with, with checking out and, uh, yeah. I saw Morrissey in sobriety, and I'm still here. Yeah. Hey. Yeah. 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 Morrissey does not always equal suicide attempts. No. Uh, yeah, I'm not. There'd like be a, no Latinos in LA if that were the case. <laughs> no, and and I'm totally not like an emo guy either. I just like the Smiths. Yeah. Yeah, I'm. Uh, I'm a giant Smiths fan as well. I I saw Morrissey was the last concert I saw in central Illinois before I moved to uh, Los Angeles. And I remember the concert was so much fun until the last 10 minutes uh, where he drops the big screen from behind him. And then he plays a video of like animals and like chickens and cows just getting fucking murdered, like bushels of chicks going into a grinder. Like he, he literally, and he's singing about how meat is murder the entire time. And I, I mean, people were looking at the ground because they couldn't look at the screen. That's how bad it was. Uh, for me, I literally went right to a diner and ate a burger right after the show. Like I, I didn't, I didn't give a shit. Yeah, I'm a country kid whose dad was a butcher, so I'm like, bring it, Morrissey. Just try it. <laughs> yeah, but it really does speak to the power of music, uh, yeah. because you're looking yeah. at these gruesome visuals. But if the Benny Hill theme was playing, it would be hilarious. Yeah. But because it's a little bit more somber music, just, you know, it really, yeah. really takes yeah. you to the old slaughterhouse. You can add the Benny Hill theme to anything, and it makes it automatically funny. Yeah. I just, I just think it would be good for porn. Like, just take, like, a hardcore porn and then just put the Benny Hill, the... Yeah, yeah. I knew we were both going to do horrible impressions. <laughs> Well, I take my porn a little bit more seriously than you, Yates. Oh, well. Yeah. Well, <laughs> well it, it seems like you are, you've made some really big and hard decisions in the last few years. How do you make decisions in your life? How do I make decisions? Well, uh, again, you know, kind of going back to surrender. Sometimes it's easy, sometimes it's hard. Uh, but I would say I tend to be overly analytical. Mm-hmm. Um, if I want to hang up a picture frame, I, it, it takes me a long time. Like I can't just hang up a picture frame. Um, I've got to measure, I've got to f- be like, well, if I want to put something else next to it, how much space might I need is the center of this picture frame 60 inches from the ground because that's, mm-hmm. that's the standard that art galleries use in America. And well. by the way, I don't really care about art. I just like to have stuff hanged up that looks good (laughs) yeah so overly analytical but then Mm -hmm. but these days uh i like to run my bright ideas by other people and and i would say like my instincts are pretty good and they've always been pretty good but the question is whether or not i want to listen to them so for me uh 
sometimes I'll like really convince myself that, you know, I have a great reason to call somebody a C word and I might run that by somebody else. And, and even though like, I know it's absurd, I just need to like get it out of my head. The C word being cracker. No. See you next Tuesday. Or charisma, yeah, ne- uniqueness, nerve, and talent. <laughs> oh, I, d- I didn't know that one. Yeah, that's uh, from RuPaul's Drag Race. I can't take credit, but it's a nice way to mm. repurpose the word. You know. Well, what I mean? I've, I've never seen it, so I'll give you credit. You know, if you are going to uh, really burn some brain cells in quarantine, highly recommend the show. It's a, uh, it's a, it's a turducken of reality shows, and uh, and it makes you feel good at the end. Okay. All right. Yeah. Well, I'm actually I actually have two jobs during quarantine right now. So, Ooh, yeah, I'm trying to try not to burn too many brain cells. Um, I have a main job that I guess you would call marketing adjacent. You know, kind of kind of using some storytelling and mass communication skills I've acquired along the way to convince people to buy stuff. And then nice. the the side job is a similar version of that for another company. Nice. So you're the reason why I keep buying weird things off the internet with my stimulus. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think I... I think you were, you were good on that by yourself. <laughs> yeah. I'm looking around your room, Anna. And yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, we celebrated... That's a sign. Uh, it says 69. I don't know if you can see it. We celebrated day 69 of quarantine in L.A. by going to our friends' houses and... Uh, shooting things out of penis guns at them and stuff. Um, simultaneously. Um, simultaneously. Yes, yeah. I am yeah. a mature adult, um, is what yeah. I'm saying. Yeah. <laughs> and then everybody's just yelling, nice. Nice. <laughs> yeah. Most people just laughed hysterically or because they were mostly comedians. Like people who work in the entertainment business don't know how to receive love. So they were just like, mm. uh, 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 and then, well, you know, backed back into their houses. It was, uh, <laughs> Yeah, yeah. That's entertainment. Uh, doesn't know how to s- receive love, but could sell a ketchup popsicle to a woman in white gloves. Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. it's just sales skills, which is which is a natural navigation from entertainment because you're you're essentially when you're in inter- this is my opinion. It's like you are selling yourself on a constant basis. Yeah. You know. Yeah. And, and then so like to to migrate away like that's. You know, I've always thought like if 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 I reach the end of my rope, it's just like I can always go sell cars to people. Like, yeah. I like cars. I can sell things, and the, the cars aren't going to go away. I mean, they might hover hover yeah. tubes and shit might be coming, but you never know. I just I love I love the. I've seen a lot of comedians, especially at open mics, being like, I don't know why I do this shit, and they just seem so miserable. And I love when somebody quits something that doesn't work for them. Because I always want to look at them and be like, you don't have to do this. There's other, you can do anything else. Just do what brings yeah, you joy. Yeah. Well, and it also it wasn't as simple as like, was it binarily working for me or not? Like mm-hmm. some of it was good and some of it wasn't. So it, it was a tough call. But uh, part of it, I don't know if you guys have noticed, but L.A. is kind of falling apart. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I was in Manila last year and I was like, oh, this is just L.A. but a little bit worse. Yeah. We are humid. Yeah, humid LA. <laughs> right. So, I mean, obviously it's hot here, but it's a dry heat in Phoenix, which <laughs> which I prefer. The dry oven. Oh my gosh. Well, I I hope that you are happy with your decisions. Oh yeah, yeah. I have no regrets. 
That's beautiful. So what do you think what do you think the most surprising thing you've learned about yourself through all this, whether it be in early recovery, post recovery, moving, walking away from something that doesn't work for you. Post divorce. Like what, what, <laughs> yeah. A lot. And, and part of that is because uh, it's like I almost need somebody else to answer that for me because I either think very highly of myself or pretty lowly of myself. And so it's like, on one hand, it's like, yeah, of course I bounce back after a divorce. Yeah, that's that's no problem. But, you know, I didn't really know how that was going to go. And also got divorced with a one-year-old, which... Boy, does that not help your Bumble profile when you put that on there? <laughs> it waving depends. the red flag. It depends on the age group. I will say this. I am a 30, about to be a 38-year-old woman with uterus problems. Happy so birthday. For, thank you. So there's, there's definitely like, there's a part of me that would be like, that's not a bad option. You know, you get the, you get the kid, you, you don't have to squeeze it out. You don't have to go through a bunch of weird procedures to make that happen. That's uh, yeah. So you'll, okay. there's a, there is a lid to every pot. Trust me. And like, it's yeah, Caleb, you'll find a broke ass uterus lady for you in Phoenix. <laughs> We're fucking everywhere. Okay. Let me just tell you, <laughs> uteruses are a ticking time bomb. Um, there's a lot of like really good uteri out here because everybody has so many kids. And I think once you just get out of like LA and New York, like people start having kids younger, they have more kids and yeah. like trying to date age appropriate women. I'm like, why do you have high school kids? And so many yeah. of them, like, cause I'm still, still like kind of stuck in Peter Pan LA, which, you know, that's kind of why I went there in the first place. Yeah. I mean, and congratulations to you for making that decision. I was literally just talking to a friend about how after my parents divorced, they both became happy. And I was like, who are you? <laughs> you know, yeah. like, I think people, I think children want happy parents, you know, whatever that looks like for them. Um, Cause then they can learn how to be happy. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Like, and we're, we're definitely both happy. So that's good. Good. But what have I learned about myself? That's the question I have to answer. Mm -hmm. I, I, yeah. yeah. I'm tall. <laughs> yeah. Again, that Bumble profile be like, I'm tall. I got my own kid already. I have Tupperware. <laughs> like, those are all things. I bought glass Tupperware this week. Look at you. Yeah. Ladies. That's a, ladies. That's a flex. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, I, I had glass Tupperware that I donated in my divorce. So. Was it haunted? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I, I'm not saying who I donated it to. I just. <sighs> There's a lot of things that I gave up in the divorce, ah. like, you know, just kind of willingly. And yeah. so, you know, now getting it's been a minute, but slowly rebuilding with new stuff. Um, finally got some good Tupperware. Yeah. It's good exciting. for you. That's exciting. So uh, one thing I've learned is that um, I used to seek a lot of adventure and now I'm OK with boring, lame stuff. Okay. Like, not like, exclusively, but, like, the lamer my life gets, kind of the better it gets. Okay, like what? So are you saying, like, dangerous? Yeah, are you saying, like, dangerous adventure, or just you're okay with staying put? All of it. Wow. Okay. Like, See, like I... less of a need for anything that kind of gives you a little bit of adrenaline. See, I'm a thrill-seeking ass bitch. I have been bungee jumping, skydiving... Um, 
you name it, it sounds appealing to me. Like I, I used to, you know, compete in karate as an adult. Like, I, like I, anything to get that adrenaline pump in. I, 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 I so respect. Like, I also love the simple things in my life. But it took me a very long time to get there. It actually took me hurting my back to get there. I had to have consequences. So I love that you've made this choice for yourself. <laughs> well, I'm kind of like I'm a sports guy. And okay. so it's like that old expression, like scoreboard, mm. which you see who's winning and who's losing. And like the score speaks for itself. And so in my own life, I try and like look at the results for things and go by that more than like what I think is a good idea sometimes. Yeah. Whereas like I can't argue with the, the results of my sobriety. Yeah. Like even if I want to. Yeah. So I just I try and let it speak yeah. for itself. Yeah. Yeah. At my at my lowest points in my sobriety where I fucking hated everybody and everything around me, you know, um, I, I've always maintained like, you know, I can't say it doesn't work. You know, like no matter what I feel about recovery or being uh, clean and sober, uh, it doesn't change the fact that it it works whether I want it to or not. That is my favorite share in a meeting. Like, I don't want to fucking be here. I hate this. I don't trust any of you people. Um, but I'm really grateful I'm clean today. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> like, I love that. I love that chair. I'm like, yes, honesty, get it. <laughs> like, because <laughs> there are moments in any relationship, whether it's with a partner or a friend or a meeting, a fellowship, where you're like, don't like you today. That's this is this is not my favorite moment, you know, so like I think that that's and that honesty involved is is really important, which brings me to how honest are you today? Oh, boy, uh, I've been more honest. Okay, uh, uh, I would say I'm I'd say I'm like three quarters honest okay. today. 70, 75% honest isn't bad. Yeah, yeah. I've, I mean, I have learned so much about honesty since I got sober, like pretty much like what is honesty. Mm -hmm. I used to think it was like a version of the truth that was close enough that didn't cause me a lot of hassle. Okay. And I, and I bought that and you know, didn't, didn't have to be consistent, but it just had to be like pretty good. Mm -hmm. And so I literally in recovery, just practice being honest and learned how to do it. And have had great results but yeah i've definitely slid back just a little bit yeah what is i mean so conversely what does dishonesty look like for you then what's that 25 percent oh uh i mean i can usually feel it when i'm being dishonest or you know i'd like i have an awareness of it because of just kind of where i am in my own growth but then i can just like push it down and be like, what's a good example of that? That's what you're wondering. I'm trying to think of one. Uh, a good example would be, well, there's one I was going to say that I don't want to say. Okay, so what's one I want to say, guys? <laughs> Nothing. Um, all right, how about this? Dating profiles. Okay. Okay. It is, there's, there's no, there's no line, but there's also a, there's a presentational element. Okay. Sure. To it. 
So, yeah, it's not. I. I don't know. First off, you're a professional writer. You could write that dating profile. The question no, is, is I, what are you afraid of telling these people? Is it, is it like you're afraid of the rejection or like what is it? Well, I want to be cool. And uh, and like, but I just, you love, but you love being normcore. You're you're normcore guy now. No, no, I'm like, I'm okay with being normcore as you call it, but I also want to be like, you know, guys. I used to be cool. And so I want to be acknowledged for that. Okay. But you are. Like when you when we open this podcast and inherent of your accomplishments in your life, I guarantee you every little comic in LA who's listening to this, when they heard the words Deadwood, they all came at once. <laughs> they were like, ah, like <laughs> Not if they're in their twenties because they don't know what it is. Uh, you'd be surprised you'd be surprised but like also like you are cool like you you're an inherently cool guy like well thank thank you i mean it's that yeah that's I, would, true. I wouldn't fuck with you if you weren't cool man. yeah that's true well, i mean dave's wearing nerds <laughs> dave's wearing tie-dye so he's like a little uncool but like ah <laughs> oh, get out of here. <laughs> i have tie-dye too <laughs> i i appreciate dave for wearing tie-dye because it's authentic to him yes that's right. Like if I'm if I'm wearing tie dye, it's Halloween, and I'm going go. as Dave I Dave mean, Yates. That's it. Maybe that's some growth. Maybe that's some growth <laughs> you need to inject into your life is uh, the the confidence to rock a tie dye. Can Can I tell you when I was um, God? I moved to L.A. and you know I was always so concerned with how people perceive me and I was so concerned with being cool and I moved to LA literally wearing overalls with I mean if I just had like a sprig of wheat in my mouth that's like would have been would have been apropos I was just the most countryest kid and I remember I was hanging out with a friend who's known me since I got clean and I asked him one day he was my roommate and I said how do I look and he said like a person who watches anime and I realized in that in that friendship, I was always trying to be the kind of cool, like I was trying to look like the girl who dated the guy she was with or like the cool kid in the meeting. And because I was 20 when I got clean. And so it's like figuring out that like what is cool about me is my persistent ability to embrace how uncool I am. You know, that I like anime, that I am clumsy, that I, you know, I, 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 and I don't hang out with people anymore who say, God, you're so embarrassing, like that guy used to do. I just don't hang out with people like that anymore. Because if, if you don't think being enthusiastic about the things in your life, whether it be your glass Tupperware or fucking skydiving, I don't want to hang out with you. It's boring. People who are consistently attached to the idea and the concept of cool fucking bore me because they have nothing to say because they're constantly filtering for what's the coolest thing to say. It's 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 exhausting. Why why even waste your time with that? Yeah, I like that. Well, part of it is like I'm with starting over, I'm trying to figure out who I am at this new phase of my life as like a single dad. 
mm-hmm. because a lot, because a lot, I mean, so much has changed and my priorities have changed. And like Phoenix is hot that I wear these like golf shirts all the time. Yeah. And like, I'm not a golfer, but, but they're really comfortable, but I don't think they're cool. And so I'm like, all right, I look like I'm wearing the single dad uniform now. And I don't know, <laughs> I don't really know what I think about that. So I'm Yo, they're te- yeah. they're temperature cool, okay? Yeah, which is cool. Yeah, it wicks well, away the heat. Well, I mean, depending on like what you. So, for example, like my partner, he loves soccer, which is, I mean, of the sports, maybe not the coolest sport. Like a lot of people goof on him, but they will here here, but they will stop him in the street because he has a lot of um like very fashiony um soccer jerseys. And people will stop him and be like, that's a dope-ass jersey. And those sneakers you're wearing are fucking cool. Like, he's found ways to be cool in the most robotic, dorky, white dude body. Like, he figured it out. And, like, there's got to be some sort of, like, fashion-y, like, streetwear, very cool, like, dad shirts that you can you can kind of rock and be like, that's right, I'm the hottest dad in this carpool line. What's up, ladies? Hey, what you doing? Maybe, maybe, you, need to find, <laughs> maybe you need to find a tie-dye golf shirt. Uh, okay. Maybe, maybe. I'm just saying. Just... <laughs> like, I, it's, it's, you're in a really interesting phase. I'm really, I mean, I can't, I mean, I don't want to Alan on. I'm the oldest and... toddler dad in my area. Okay. Mm. Yeah, That's great. which like not the oldest toddler dad in the world, but like I'm so I'm thir- I'm 39 and okay. I knew a lot of people like who got their careers in line in LA and started pushing out kids at 40. Yeah. And yeah, in what I call normal America, that's not how mm-hmm. it works. No. Yeah. Yeah, and I forgot that cuz I'm from normal America. Yeah. But I was just in LA for 14 years. Yeah. That's like, I, it's, in, it's interesting that you were a cool guy in LA and now you're trying to figure out how to be a cool guy here in Phoenix. Yeah, it's, it's, it's actually, it's going like a level deeper. It's more important for me to have people think I'm cool than for me to actually be cool. I know they're tied together, but I know that much about myself. You will get yeah, through I, that. I, I, <laughs> that will pass. <laughs> no, that's my whole life. Yeah, I... <laughs> I uh, I have to honestly I have to constantly repeat to myself that it's none of my business what other people think about Word. me, and I and I'm never I'm I'm awful at it. Uh, I I honestly the the tie dye thing is because like no one else wears tie dyes in L A. Like I I literally go about my day in a tie dye and and like unless you get coastal like with the people with the fucking VW buses like the like the 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 neo hippies or like the the old men hippies that now have some cash yeah. mm-hmm. you know and i i guess it's just like i have to remember that i my levels in my own brain are are directly attached to the way i feel about the world around me yeah like anxiety or depression or anger or anything. It's just, it, 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 I'm very much like you in the way that like, I, I, I need to know that you think I'm all right. I, yeah. Like I mean, and- validation is one of the best drugs out there <laughs> for, for me at least. And being a, sing- being a single guy and my life fell apart in a lot of ways. It's like, uh, I haven't had a ton of validation in a while. So I would just like more of it. That's all. Okay, I'm going to give you some. Okay, okay, you're a handsome man. 
True. You are a devoted dad. <laughs> Guilty. You're a Humble. hard worker. Amen. Um, you're a smart person. Genius. Yeah, like <laughs> it's all that's all there. That is all there. And if somebody on Bumble can't appreciate that, you didn't need that girl in your life anyway. Mm, yeah, yeah, you're technically right. <laughs> but but I'm not logical about all this stuff. No, we're not no. logical at yeah, all. Yeah. No. no, we're not on, logical. On paper, on paper, things are great. Uh, but in my fucking brain, it's it's a goddamn tornado. Yeah. The, si- the single life in L.A. was just so much more interesting. True. Like, I have a question. You date yeah. any of those Arizona Latinas? Because that's going to change... That's going to change your life. That's an interesting group of women. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm equal opportunity. <laughs> but like, what, I, he, what yeah. he means is anybody that'll have him. He's all right. So? <laughs> I have standards. They're just evolving. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't know. It's all going to... I mean, I... Go ahead. I mean, just don't be in fear about it. Like, how are you experiencing fear through all this? Uh, usually, usually fear like uh, stops me from taking action. Mm. It it doesn't always like wind me up in my own head. It just makes me want to take a nap. Mm-hmm. Or like watch some stupid action movie. Like zone out. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like not have to think. Yeah. Not have to deal with like the anxiety. Yeah. Because there's like some new Jean-Claude Van Damme movie, even though he's like my dad's age. He's the best. He is the best. That was my dad's JVD. favorite action star. I could basically repeat the plot of Bloodsport when I was a kid, like word for yeah. word. <laughs> Kickbox- Kickboxer and Bloodsport were that they were the cornerstones of my cinematic you. Oh man, you you you're not talking Jean Claude Van Damme until you could talk about that time cop scene where he's drinking a beer out of the out of the refrigerator and then just jumps, splits first into the hall. You know, yeah. like yep. <laughs> I watched Lionheart last week. Nice. When I nice. should have been doing some work. Yeah. Well, I love yeah. a procrastination like that is I literally have a to do list that at the top says stop procrastinating. There it's not even the whole word. Like, no, it's, it's hip. Can't even finish that. <laughs> I didn't even finish that. I, it's not even full. Well, you know, that's because I completed some things. Had to rewrite her. So yeah. what? <laughs> what is like one thing you're like a character defect you're still really working through? What if I don't have any? Oh, well. well, I mean. Uh, using. <laughs> We, oh. we were just like, tell okay, more, tell us uh, about it. Yeah, yeah. Bring your spiritual oh, okay. test down on No, I kid, I kid. Uh, using external things to fix the internal problems. Mm. And, yeah, I mean, food is the best example so, of it. Yeah. Yeah. It, food out there, too. I do comedy out in the Arizona area a lot, like Phoenix and Tucson quite a bit. And um, the food out there is, woo, you have that Sonoran hot dog yet? Yeah, that's not so much my thing. Uh, but it's... Ah, oh, you son of a bitch. Oh, it's so good. No, no, those are those are good, but that doesn't get me on, like, a daily basis. What's your... Okay, so what's... All right, yeah. so, so what's, your, what's your food that takes the pain away? Donuts. <gasps> all right. Didn't even pause. 
Didn't Edible. even. That's like me. People are like, what's your favorite food? I'm like, mashed potatoes. Like, I can't, yeah. they, they can't even get all the way through it. I'm like, ah. <laughs> Donuts are a really good bribe for my three-year-old daughter. And oh, it's like, yeah. oh, all right. So here's an excuse to go to Dunkin' Donuts for both of us. Hey. Oh, so you're a Dunkin' man. Uh, there's one by my house. Yeah. Okay. And there's, there's drive through in Arizona. Nothing yeah. is better than a drive through like iced coffee and a donut. Yeah. Yeah, there's other there's other better donut places, but having to take a kid sure. in and out of a car seat just to get a couple donuts, that that almost makes you eat healthy. <laughs> so we do drive through. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah, I mean the road gets narrower on that stuff it's so wild like it's just so wild like my uh there's a really good donut shop near my place called colorado donuts and if i first off i have to take a pill to eat it because i'm allergic to gluten so i take the pill then i eat it then i immediately have to go to the bathroom like it's a fucking emergency and then i'm so sugared out i can't even think yet yeah. There's a donut in the kitchen waiting for me, and it's all I can yeah. think about. <laughs> That's my routine with pizza. I like have to inject okay. the lactate. Yes. <laughs> oh, so you're lactose intolerant? I don't know. I'm just like an older white guy now. Like, <laughs> yeah, no. Ha- Dave, the older you get, as the youngest person on this podcast, Dave, the older you get, the yeah. more your body will fucking betray you. <laughs> yep. Well, it's more like just being yeah. honest. Yeah. It's like my stomach's like, you, you really want that much cheese? You think that's a good idea? Like, that's that's going to be helpful? <sighs> I'm not looking. I, honestly, I, I've said this before in jest, but uh, being an alcoholic is fine. But if I was also lactose intolerant, I'd go to a fucking Morrissey concert and kill myself. My, my, <laughs> that's a good place. <laughs> my, my doctor was like, you should also consider cutting out dairy. And I looked at her and I was like, Ugh. look, I can't drink. I don't do drugs and I don't eat wheat. Fuck off. I'm going to eat some dairy. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> you got you got to pick you got to pick one of those things to knock off the list and you don't want to see me drunk. <laughs> like <laughs> There's um I was thinking about something just now. Um when you were talking, it's gone. Oh well, fuck it. I uh, oh. Should we start the whole podcast from the top? Can we do yeah. that? Yeah, let's yeah. just let's just hey. start it from the top again. Okay. Um, clarity statement. Clarity statement. <laughs> Go. I um, drugs for those are of you, cool. Drugs are cool. Okay. Um, so, what is like your experience of forgiveness with all this stuff? Ooh, forgiveness. That's a good one. I think I'm really fortunate. Uh, no, I know I am. Like, I did not have that tough of a childhood. Like. I didn't have a perfect one, but, you know, a lot of the big traumas didn't really happen for me. So I never had that, like, chip on my shoulder where there's a certain person who, you know, did something that I don't want to ever forgive. And so that I'm just, you know, thank God for. But when it comes to forgiving other people, yeah, I would say I've, I would say I've gotten a lot better at that. Mm-hmm. And I and I also, I also like it. Like I don't like the process of going through it. But on the other side, what I notice is like I feel better, and it takes up less space in my brain. Yeah. And when stuff that bothers me takes up less space in my brain, life is just better. Yeah. 
Absolutely. What What about forgiving yourself? Oh yeah, that's a tough one. Yeah, that's that's my worst. Yeah. Like I I mean, I I can deal with like pre sobriety shit. Like I can forgive myself for the regrettable things that I've done, but it's just like on a daily basis. Sometimes like I I I turn inward. You know, like wishing woulda, coulda, shoulda shit, you know? Yo, even last night I had to have a self-forgiveness moment. My roommate's dog is 14. He um, cannot hear very well and he cannot see very well. And he's a biter. And we were, uh, we got tangled up in the door while I was letting him out. And he bit my foot when I was wearing flip-flops so hard he broke the skin there's blood on my flip-flops and i went into fight or flight mode which i hadn't been in in years and i just like i would like yell like ah and then i fell on the ground and i stood back up and i called him a bad dog and i told him i was like we are going on and now he's scared and i'm like i'm gonna I'm taking you on this fucking walk. I felt like in the Miracle Worker, remember that old black and white movie where she's like, spell water. I was like, spell water. Like I was, I, I, I wasn't, I would never hurt this. That's a, that's a Helen Keller reference yes. uh, for those of you listening. Yes. I was like, I, 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 I would never hurt this dog. I love animals. I absolutely love animals. And we're walking around the block and he's kind of refusing to walk. And I'm kind of like, come on, you got to go. You got to go. And we finally get to walking and I'm talking to this dog like it's a person. And I'm like, listen, man, I can't keep you safe if when you feel threatened, you attack me. Like, I can't do that. Like, I have to... I have to be able to keep you safe. And that's all I want to do is keep you safe. And we get back in the house and he expected a treat. And I was like, treats are for dogs that don't bite feet. Go lay down. And I like, I became my parents for like 20 minutes and I'm sitting there and I started to feel really bad because he can't help it. He's just a scared old man. And I'm like, a dog too. And a dog, you know, like he's a dog. He doesn't understand. I'm like talking to him about boundaries. Like, what am I doing? You know, like I really went into this very interesting place in my mind. And I also experienced anger in a way that I hadn't experienced in a long time towards something that is at the end of the day, an innocent creature. And I had to call my sponsor at 1145 at night to tent step a dog. (laughs) I was like, I have to talk to you about this. And she walked me through it. She was like, listen, you didn't do anything wrong. You shouldn't yell at dogs. They don't like that. But like, I get it. And go wash your foot. And the beautiful thing about dogs is they forgive almost immediately. And it's all okay. But I really had to, she was like, you should probably in this next four step, look at why you're so afraid of your anger. And I was like, okay, yeah, that's the thing. that Because that's the fear that came up is I was legitimately afraid of how angry I got at this dog. I can't even imagine. I was like, what if I had kids? I can't even imagine. Because every I remember my mom looking at me with that moment of like, this fucking kid. Because <laughs> I was a bad kid. <laughs> I was real rebellious. Yeah, you got sober at 20. <laughs> exactly. I was... I was the kind of I was the kind of toddler. I remember this. I walked into the kitchen one day, 
opened the fridge, took a raw egg out and looked at my mom. And I remember her specifically saying, don't you drop that egg. God damn it. If you drop that egg, you're cruising for a bruising. And then like a fucking gangster, I just dropped it, (laughs) grabbed my diaper and ran. (laughs) I was just like, come and get me, bitch. (laughs) Did she get you? She did. She always did. (laughs) But that's the thing is it's like. The weirdest stuff comes up in those forgiveness situations, and it's always harder for me to forgive myself. I forgave the dog instantly. It took me an hour to forgive myself. That's you pretty know? good, though. Yeah, I mean, because you get that ru- you get that rush of adrenaline from an injury like that and yeah. the anger bubbling up. Yeah, like it takes a minute to come down. I was firing on all cylinders. I was yeah. like, whew, I used to pay good money to get punched in the neck. Like, I'm ready for this. Like, <laughs> so it's, it, it was, it was a moment. But like, what's the weirdest apology or amends that you've ever given or gotten? I would say the weirdest I've ever gotten is ones that I didn't even know what the person was talking about. <laughs> like another person in recovery who was so in their head about something that they apologized for something that I'm like, you were mean to me. What? I was there. I don't even remember that. And I like, I would notice something like that. Yeah. And what, like what that tells me it like in that situation and it's happened more than once. Like I know to be respectful of what the other person's going through and like walk through that with them, not totally be like, yeah, I was pissed off about that. That was upsetting, but just kind of respect what they have to say. Yeah. Yeah. And then what about what, what about ones you've made? Yeah. So I'm from this one I was thinking about the other day, actually. Um, I'm from Albany, New York. And in my first year of sobriety, uh, I was, I was living in LA and then I went back to the East coast for some work. And then I went back up to Albany to make, you know, see some friends, but also make some amends. And there was this bowling alley that I used to go to in high school that I was driving by that I totally forgot about uh, a time I had broken one of the lanes. Cause I just, I wasn't, it wasn't drunk. I was just being an idiot just throwing like as many, balls down the lane as I could and like when the thing that comes down to pick up the pins came down I threw like more balls at it and and it broke it and it got kicked out and it was a big mess and uh I remember that when I was driving by the bowling alley and I'm like all right I'm gonna go back in I'm gonna see a manager I'm gonna see I mean it that had been years but I was like well I, I need to like fess up and see if there's anything I can do to make it right and the manager And I was like riding this high because it's like this spontaneous thing of, you know, I could, could walk in and it's a bowling alley. They could, you know, break a bar stool across my head because bowling alleys are by nature. (laughs) In Albany. Yeah. They're they're rough and tumble. They're rough and tumble everywhere. Like they're, like they're never, I mean, I guess if it's like a lucky strike or one of those. Yeah. There's like, there's like two. We're talking real bowling Yeah. We're real bowling alleys. Yeah. No martinis. It smells like feet and only serves nachos with that fucking cheese and yeah like, yeah yeah Old people drinking at the bar <laughs> and it smells like cigarettes even though you can't smoke inside anymore yeah it's, it's like just burned into the place mm-hmm. and i talked to the manager and you know i said my piece and she was like 
yeah, we're good. But I think that's really cool what you're doing because most people don't get a chance to do this sort of thing. And it's special. And it, that just really hit home to me. Like, oh, yeah, I am taking like a stand for my own life and my recovery and trying to be a better person, not just by like working on myself internally, because you can you can do internal work your whole life and Mm -hmm. you can almost be so selfish about it. You forget about the external world. Absolutely. And the external world usually has has a beef with you uh, for Mm -hmm. for wrongdoing. And so just just to get that perspective that that really stuck with me. I love that. That's a great story. Thank you. Did you ball a game after you made the amends or did you leave? Got the hell out of there. I was just going to say, I would have loved if she was like, you want a free game? You just want to, like. (laughs) You want to go down the lane number six, the one you broke? Yeah, you come see how it looks now. It looks nice. We duct taped it back together. Um, (laughs) What what are you doing to keep yourself um, sane on a daily basis? Like, what's your day-to-day practice? You know, I will say that uh, I'm thankful for the pandemic. And I know that you're not supposed to say that. And I know it's been disastrous for a lot of people in a lot of ways. But my life has been pretty overwhelming doing Mm -hmm. the the single dad thing where I have my daughter half the time. And the half of the time I have my daughter, I have her 100% of the time. So, like, the rest of the time I'm, like, trying to make up on my work and on my rest and... Life has just been pretty full on. So uh, being forced to slow down has been like great for my sanity. And so I've been doing things like exercise, which I couldn't find time to do before and spending more time talking to friends on the phone and just connecting with with other people and uh, putting, yeah, putting, putting more into keeping myself sane. Yeah. And I mean, it's it's a no brainer, but it's a huge difference. Yeah. Well, and I think I, I'm grateful for the quarantine in that in that way is uh, I have nowhere else to go mm. but through my feelings. Like I can't like I'm not I'm not on the road. I'm not preoccupied with traveling. You know, it was very easy for me to hide from the shit that I'm supposed to be working through. Mm-hmm. I agree. I can't busybody my way out of this. It's like, I love, I, I was in very much the same boat of like making myself so busy that I couldn't really, couldn't really stop to process anything. And I was incredibly relieved when it's like the government's telling me to stay home. Whew, like I felt like I could finally breathe for the first time in a few years. And it's like, that's what I, I felt. yeah, it's, it's, it's unfortunate that it took something that has affected a hundred thousand Americans, like the way that it has. And for a lot of people to take stock and like, you know, if I walk around my neighborhood, it's actually kind of pretty, <laughs> you know, like yeah. to embrace the norm core of it all, you know, like cooking every day, that kind of thing. I don't know. Yeah. I'm with you on all that. So are you, are you a meditation guy? I am sometimes a meditation guy. Like when I get a routine, I can stick to it. But if I get knocked out of that routine, it's hard to get back into one. So I'm not in a routine right now. Mm. Yeah. 
I've, I've been I've been allowing myself at, 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 at some point during each day from when I wake up to when I go to bed, I allow myself like that's my window. I have to meditate at least once mm-hmm. because what was happening was like in the mornings, like I'm just half asleep and then I got to chug my coffee and then I forget to do it. And then like I would go all day and think that, I, I, oh, I'm only supposed to do it in the morning. So like I try to give myself a, like a wider window you know, uh, of when I can do it. And sometimes it's not till 1am when I'm about to go to bed, but I, I'm still allowing myself at least to do it once in a day. The best meditation practice I've ever had was when I was doing it in my car regularly. Mm-hmm. And I, it's like, I almost need to remember that. Like, yeah, I don't have to do it in a perfect setting, but being able to meditate before you go in somewhere is awesome. Yeah. 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 I love that. I do. I'll sometimes, especially like if I've driven eight hours to get to a gig, I'll make sure that I like do a little five minute meditation before I get out of the car. That way I'm not like, Hey guys, how's it going? I'm all jacked up on Red Bull and vape. Woo! Like, you know, like I'm ready <laughs> yeah. to ready to be present, which is so good. Do you got, do you have like a God concept? Are you like a, like, higher power what's your relationship with your higher power like yeah yeah uh i'm down with the god <laughs> like, uh, you know me okay um <laughs> yeah i i believe in a higher power i just use the word god because it's good shorthand mm-hmm. um and what i kind of like is that it's an evolving concept like the more life experience i have the more i can kind of put into it yeah so we're that. we're cool. Yeah, I pr- I pray. That's something I'm good at. You never in the last few years had any moments where you were like, "Listen, God, I had a plan. I was going to write for TV and be married and live in LA forever." What the fuck? You never had that moment? No. No, I really didn't. Wow. Yeah, and I think I think I just felt like uh it was uh what I've learned is to like look for God in the what is and that that kind of comes easy to me. Yeah. So thankfully it's like, all right, this is the course life's going down. I may not like it, but I'm, I don't tend to question it too much. And that's, yeah. that's kind of one of those things like, like my dad always tells me he needs to drink more water and I'm, I drink a ton of water, but I don't take any credit for that because it just comes naturally to me. Mm hmm. And, you oh, just reminded Dave's us true. both. Yeah. <laughs> right. And so when it, so stuff that comes naturally to me, like I try not to take too much credit for it. Yeah. Okay. Try and keep keep think, the ego down a little bit. Something to be, yeah, I think there's something to be said in um, acceptance of the things around me and not trying to fix, manage, and control things. I believe in that more as a getting closer to what a higher power means to me than I believe in an actual like entity you know like when I'm in a higher power state I'm allowing everything to be exactly what it is Hmm. if I'm not if I'm resentful towards the idea of God I'm trying to expect things that I I, I, are unrealistic I'm trying to fix manage and control things you know because for me like i i'm still rebuilding like i'm very glad that when i first got sober that someone told me whatever you have right now is fine and it's not always going to be there or it's not always going to be the same so like i've had an in and out relationship like 
with with my higher power right where it's like in the beginning was in obviously because you're so desperate you'd fucking start saying whatever it takes you know but then you know you, you get a little time under your belt and things start to get a little better in your life and then you're like ah fuck this this is dumb yeah and then when you go through pain you're like oh you're not enough to take the pain away so uh, you're nothing you know so it's just mm. it's been a roller coaster at least for me in my relationship with uh the old hp I like that. Hey, do you guys want an, ex- an exclusive? Yes. Oh, shit. Okay. Caleb Bacon Yeah, yeah. Exclusive? I had a thought in the past week I haven't shared with anybody. Oh, shit. But I think it's really good. And, you know, that, that, that'll be up to the <laughs> listeners. See if my Twitter follows go up from this exclusive thought about my own life <laughs> that nobody cares about. So I got sober and I was working in television and I had these more like junior level writing positions and all I wanted to do was like professionally write for television and have some kind of cool fun exciting life like my what i wanted from life was like fairly simple like i wanted to have like family and kids and stuff but was was not really in a rush but then i got sober and i did all that stuff and i kind of like checked off all my dreams which i didn't have that many so you know it wasn't as hard but now with starting over it's like i get to come up with new dreams in sobriety and build towards a new life that's not about any pre-sobriety ideas. And that just occurred to me, and I think that's pretty cool. That's fucking dope. That is... Exclusive. Exclusive. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, That is... Remix. So cool because it's just infinite possibility. That's true freedom from active addiction, by the way. That is the essence of happy, joyous, and free, is excitement in the unknown. Yeah, I, yeah. I like I, that. Yeah, like, I I remember it took me 10 years before my sponsor finally chased me into therapy, which I desperately needed. And um, I, I remember how hard it was. It was so hard for a year. It was so hard. I just felt like I was swimming through a shit swamp every single day. And you got to drain the swamp. I first off, you got to yeah. drain that swamp. It's a little phrase, drain, phrase I came up with. Got to drain that swamp. And yep. um, it was you. OK. Um, and then marketing. Hey, um, I do slogans. And then one day I woke up and my sponsor told me, she said, it's going to be like you wake up one day and you're going to see sunshine for the first time. Everything's going to feel completely different. Ah. And I just woke up one day and I was like, oh, fuck. And a month later, I was doing stand-up. And it was like, suddenly I had the self-esteem. I had the self-awareness. I had, I, I felt connected enough to the world around me to actually have dreams and then do the dreams and discover new dreams along the way where I was like, oh, wow. Yeah, I can do that. Like, oh, what, well, what if this happened? And it was just like, it, it just, everything in my life took off in a way that I couldn't even describe. So I'm really excited for where you are. Well, that's thank ex- you. That's profoundly exciting. Yeah, I, yeah, I like it. I can't wait to hear what you find. Like, that's going to be, that's going to be so cool. Yeah, me too. <laughs> I'm definitely a curious party. Yeah, you can, I mean, you could put it in your Bumble profile. Like, hey, ladies, guess what? <laughs> I got new dreams, I, bitches. New dreams, bitches. And at least you're close to... I don't, what kind of sports are you into? You're a sports guy. What kind of sports are you yeah, into? Yeah. Um, I love your American football quite a bit. Okay. 
I like awesome. basketball, baseball, soccer. You're, you're so fighting. close to the Cactus League. That's like one of my dreams. I've never been out for Cactus League games, and I yeah. fucking love baseball. Uh, yeah, I mean, there's so much good spring training here, and yeah. I haven't been since I've been here just because I've been too busy. Yeah, you got to do it. Got to make that time. Bring the kid. Uh, I took her to a... I got to see took her to Diamondbacks uh, when the Dodgers were in town, so that was fun. Oh, that is nice. really fun. I actually is, like the hot dogs at the Diamondback Stadium quite a bit. I think they're great. <laughs> is is the Diamondbacks uh, Stadium, is that the one where there's a pool in the outfield? There is, mm-hmm. yeah. Hell yeah. I remember when that first came out, uh, and it was in like the following years, like uh, MLB video game. Where, where you could hit one into the pool, I, I thought that was the dopest thing for a baseball stadium. It's, yeah, you can rent it for like five grand for a game. The pool? Yeah. For 20 people, it comes with all the food you want. Really? Yeah, and 20 tickets. Yeah, it's five grand. Now, I'm not saying uh, your podcast should host a listener party there, but why not? I think... I mean, listen, yeah. I mean, if you subscribe to the Patreon and make it happen, yeah. you if someone dropped five grand, I'd be like... Yo, twenty listeners. Let's go. Let's go soak in the pool at, at, at Diamondback Stadium. That's, that's fucking that's dope. Honestly, that's all. That's only two fifty a person. Okay, two fifty a only- person. That's it. guys. Subscribe and we'll make that fucking happen, ladies. We need twenty Patreon members to commit to two hundred fifty dollars a month <laughs> at the pool level. Will, at the pool at, level. At, at, yeah, at the at the Diamondback outfield pool level. Well, uh, where. Well, it's like uh, Lady to Lady had a level where if you donated like a certain amount, they rented a party bus in Vegas and you could come to Magic Might Live with them. Oh, you should do that too, Dave. <laughs> I mean, hey, man, I used to be a DJ at a strip club. So male, female, don't matter to me. I'll, I'll go watch some, uh, some bits and pieces shake around. It don't matter to me. Uh, I like the pool idea better. I think that's very fun. That's it's very exciting. Will you come with us? I'm down. I'll I'll join at the pool level. (laughs) I love it. Spoken like a man with a regular job. Oh, my God. (laughs) My company has season tickets. So, yeah, you're taking me. Well, keep in mind, all sports are closed. Yeah, that's not. Yeah, for for uh, now. No, they're never coming back. You know, what's really interesting is you could watch forever. You can watch baseball, Korean baseball right now. And I think it's kind of cool because it's all they're in an empty stadium and then there's cheerleaders. It's so weird. And I love every second of how weird it is. (laughs) I'm just like, yes, (laughs) get weirder. (laughs) That's amazing. Um, Sports are good. Sports are fun. What's your uh, football team? All of them. Okay. I, I just was... love I love football so much. That's great. Like I, I, was... I study it like I'm gonna become a general manager. <gasps> what if you I... become a general manager of like the Cardinals? Mm, I could do better than the guy who's in there now. Truth. Oh, shots fired. Yes, yeah, Steve Kime, take that if you're listening. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. What's one thing you wanna Tell somebody just like you in the world. Like, what's the thing you want to give away on this podcast? The message for the listeners. Don't be so hard on yourself. Yeah. It's so easy to do. Life's already hard enough. Yeah. And I just go, I go up and down on that. Sometimes I'm nice to myself. Sometimes I'm, sometimes my inner monologue is like, why do you got to be such a piece of shit, you fat fucking moron? 
and that actually makes me laugh sometimes. I'm like, wow, I'm <laughs> this guy in there is brutal, but <laughs> but I can kind of appreciate how crazy that is, which knocks me out of it. But yeah, yeah, yeah. There's like things I'm bugging myself about today that I haven't gotten done this weekend, and I don't. Yeah, so being less hard on myself is always good. Yeah, sure. which is a difference. I mean, I think, feel like if you're listening to the show, you probably get a lot of these concepts a little bit more but that doesn't mean like relax on everything in your life and don't have goals and plans and try to accomplish things but just don't beat yourself up and treat yourself like a jerk yeah i i used to date this guy in the program and i'd be like so what's his name the future his name was kyle uh what's what's his address uh i don't know (laughs) uh it did not end well uh but he was like he was like I would say, like, what do you see for the future? Like, are we going to get married? Are we going to have kids? And he'd just be like, you know, I just take everything one day at a time. And what I realized is he was bumper stickering me into internal for forever with no progress. <laughs> I was like, oh, way to Jedi mind trick me, you you bastard. <laughs> yeah, I've seen that move before, but it's like, you still got to figure out how you're going to pay your rent on the first. Yes, but it always works out. I've never gone without. I've had moments in my recovery where I've completely free-falled and I've been like, oh, fuck, what's going to happen next? And it always works out. It's the yeah, miracle same. of it all. I love it. Where can people find you? Phoenix. Well, yeah, <laughs> duh. But like, where can they like follow you on social media and stuff? Uh, well, the social media that I engage in the most is Twitter at Caleb Eats Bacon. Nice. That's a good Twitter handle. Thank you. Yeah. It's my name. My middle name's not Anna, Eats, where can, but. <laughs> where can people find you, Anna Valenzuela? You can find me at Anna V is Fun on Twitter and Instagram. You can also find me at AnnaValenzuela.com. Uh, you can find this podcast at 12Q Pod on Twitter and Instagram. I've been having issues with the Instagram, so guys, I might have to change all the social handles because I cannot get back into that Instagram. You can email us at 12Q Pod. Um, you can go to my website, AnnaValenzuela.com. And if you want something completely opposite from this podcast that is just incredibly stupid, uh, I have the Latino Drive Time Radio Show podcast for you. It's called Chupa and the Cabra. You can find us at Chupa and the Pod. Dang. I'm gonna check that out. It's really dumb. Yeah. It's really dumb. It's really stupid. <laughs> it brings me a lot of joy to do it. It's really dumb. <laughs> are, are you like a female El Cucuy? Basically, yes. Yes, yes, yes. Yes, yes, yes. So we basically like it, we start out, we do uh fake traffic reports, fake weather reports. <laughs> we uh we have sound effects that we do all on our own. It's really stupid and fun. We have uh, Ghost of Walter Mercado does the uh, the horoscopes, so it's it's a it's a real fun time. Highly oh. recommend. Yeah. I'm gonna join at the uh, piscina level. Yeah. See, you are ready to date a Latina. You are ready. <laughs> I know a few things. <laughs> you better in Phoenix. <laughs> this this literally used to be Mexico. Yes. Same as with California. I'm like, come on, guys. Don't be don't be so aggressive. Don't check papers, Joe Arpaio. This used to be Mexico. Check your papers. That's how I feel about it. <laughs> Los Papel. Ah, everybody oh. just got real quiet. 
<laughs> Dave, where can it's people like, find uh, you? Here we go. <laughs> Uh, you can find me and all my non-political content at Yates Comedy, Y-A-T-E-S Comedy, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and, and if you're looking for some delicious hot sauce, uh, 12Q Pod is sponsored by my own brand of hot sauce at Haha ha Hot Sauce on Instagram or HahaHotSauce.com. Ha ha Hot Sauce, it's good on all your pizzas. <laughs> <laughs> and now we end Caleb I want to thank you for coming on yeah thank yeah you. thanks so much for having me the first post-divorce podcast post-divorce yeah. podcast and you were very good not to get into the nitty-gritty of the divorce you're you're killing it in the divorce game <laughs> we get along so oh. you know I want to keep that up that's the way it should be single ready to mingle respects women everybody that's has, right has enough Slide time into the dms exactly has enough time clean to be respectable your sponsor will like him uh <laughs> <laughs> and now we end this podcast <gasps> this kitty who is this kitty oh this is milo milo he's held back enough but now he's here <sighs> oh, i love it caleb bacon covered in pussy yes yeah. okay yeah. well ha- how we end this podcast is we say, Caleb and Milo, if nobody's told you this today, we love you. Well, thank you. Love you, buddy. And Dave, if nobody's told you this today, I love you. And if you're listening well, you. and nobody's told you this today, we love you. Bye. A lot of love. Thanks for coming out, y'all. <laughs>